So we are discussing uh, this very wonderful book, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, which was composed in the early 16th century. No, early 17th century. Uh, where am I now? 15. Okay, 1533, that's 16th century, yes, early 17th century. Um, sometime um, from around the beginning, so from uh, 16 something to around 1615, Krishnadas Kaviraj uh, composed this work in Bengali language, mainly Bengali, but there are many verses he quotes in Sanskrit. Sanskrit, there's some 500 verses in Sanskrit from different sources, mm, several sources, including Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavata Purana, um, and from some of the Goswami writings, the followers of Lord Chaitanya. Um, but one can ask, for whom was he writing? For, from, for whom was uh, Krishna Das Kaviraj, the great Kaviraj, the great poet, he was a poet uh, in Sanskrit himself. He had written uh, already before he wrote Chaitanya Charitamrita. He wrote a Sanskrit work called um, Govinda Lilamrita. And it's a quite uh, long, detailed work which describes Krishna's pastimes in the course of one day the Ashtakaliyalila, the day in the life of Krishna. Yeah. Maybe we should all kind of move slightly forward this way in case more, anyone more comes. They will be able to join. So who did he write for? Well, he was writing in Bengali language. He must have been writing for Bengali readers, speakers, right? Yes. He was in Vrindavan. He lived most of his life in Vrindavan. Who has been to Vrindavan? Oh, several of you. Okay, good. Who has not been to Vrindavan who would like to go to Vrindavan? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> well, this is what I want to speak a little something about today. Uh, is how Sri Chaitanya wanted to go to Vrindavan and eventually went to Vrindavan. This is the subject of Aspiration, number seven. For those of you just coming, you see there's a, a line here that goes 
from left to right, and then right to left, and then again left to right, with in three lines. So the first line represents here Adi Lila. This is the first part of Chaitanya Chaitamrita, uh, which consists of altogether 17 chapters. And the second part, Madhya Madhya means little, means middle, and Antya, Antya Lila, um, means end. So beginning, middle, and end of his manifest pastimes, we say, his lila in this world. And so far, in the last two days, we discussed ever so briefly um, uh, the Adi Lila, these four features, invocation, incarnation, education, transformation, and we discussed renunciation, when Lord Chaitanya takes the sannyas order. And yesterday we talked especially about the next section, propagation, um, and we considered how there's two things going on in um, Lord Chaitanya's pastimes, there's outreach and there's inreach. There's outreach and there's inreach, and they're interacting these two dimensions in very interesting ways. And one example of this we talked about is uh, his, or Chaitanya's, interaction with, or <clears throat> avoidance of interaction with the king of Bodhisattva. King Pratavarudra, who um, by all accounts, according to all sources, was a sincere follower of Chaitanya. <clears throat> In fact, some historians have argued that because King Pratavarudra was so much distracted by devotional life that he became neglectful of defending the kingdom. <laughs> and as a result, uh, other kingdoms, neighboring kingdoms, took advantage. But it's, it's debated. I won't go into that, but um, now we're going to move to the next section, which Keshava Swami Maharaj has identified as aspiration. To aspire for something is to want to, to attain, uh, to get something, to accomplish something, that is aspiration. What is the aspiration here? The aspiration is to go to Vrindavan. Um, 
If we back up a little bit, we go to when Lord Chaitanya became Chaitanya. He, he was known previously as Vishwambar. Um, there was a kind of nickname for him. He was also known as Nimai Pandit. But when he took the sannyas order from um, Keshava Bharati in the town of Katwa, uh, which is south of Navadri, he received the name Krishna Chaitanya, which is not a standard sannyas name. It's a brahmachari. Chaitanya is a brahmachari. It's not a sannyas. There's ten main sannyas names. And in our um, Gaudiya Vaishnav tradition, there are many more. There's a list of some 108 sannyas names. Um, one of which is the name Swami, another is Goswami. But uh, the ten standard, traditional ones are Tirtha, Puri, Saraswati, Bharati, Aranya, um, what else? Aranya, Van, Vana, I believe it's one. There's a few others. And uh, in the longer list, one of the names is Keshava. <laughs> but uh, Chaitanya is not one of the names of Sanyasas. But he received the name Krishna Chaitanya. Mm. In any case, then what happened? Immediately after he took the sannyas order, he wanted to drop everything and go to Vrindavan. And that's when he began, he began to go to Vrindavan. He was with Nityananda Prabhu and who else? There were two others with him. Uh, and they were going along the, gang, the Ganga. They must have been, he must have been thinking they're heading north. The Ganga eventually goes toward the west. But actually they were going south because they end up, <laughs> somehow they end up on the other side of the Ganga, on the west side. And they end up at Shantipur. Shantipur is south of Navadvip. Of course, he took sannyas in Katwa, which means, yes, he could have been going north from there. But anyway, he comes. We talked about this, that Advaita Charya, he needs, he needs his mother. His mother says, go to Puri, stay there. I want to hear at least news about you. And he agrees, so he eventually goes back to Puri, but he wanted to go to Vrindavan. Why would he want to go to Vrindavan? Well, anybody want to guess? 
Yes, he came back from Gaya completely maddened by uh, devotion to Krishna, Krishna Bhakti. He came back to Navadi and eventually that propelled him to give up give up the world. Just let me just run to Krishna in Rindal. That was his motive. And then when that uh, Aim was initially foiled, and he ends up being requested by his mother, you know, don't disappear like your older brother. He he was going to disappear like his older brother. He was going to go and never be heard of again, basically. But his mother said, no, don't do that to me. Go to Puri, we'll hear news about you, at least some connection. But now he's in Puri after some years and he still wants to go to Vrindavan. He really wants to go and he makes one attempt. Actually, he goes back up to Bengal. He goes to, uh, he goes to Navadvi, he goes to Ram Kali, which at that time was the uh, capital of uh, the kingdom of Bengal. The, um, the king, Hussein Shah, uh, had his capital in Ram Kili. And there he meets Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami. Um, and uh, they're inspired to go to Vrindavan, and he wants, Lord Chaitanya wants to go. And he starts to go, <laughs> and then what happens? There's a problem. And the problem is that so many people are following him. <laughs> and before he gets very far, Sanatana goes home, he says, um, Excuse me, um, Mahaprabhu. I don't know if he addressed him as Mahaprabhu. Many places in Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is referred to as Prabhu. He's addressed as Prabhu. Sometimes uh, devotees um, um, apologize. Nowadays we have this custom that the Swamis are addressed as Maharaj, which is kind of ironic because what's Maharaj mean? It means great king, and it's the last thing that a Swami wants to do or be, is what to speak of a great king. But somehow they get called as Maharaj. And then sometimes devotees um, little bit inattentively, they think, uh, instead of saying Maharaj, they'll say Prabhu, and they go, oh, excuse me, excuse me, Maharaj. <laughs> but actually, Prabhu, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is being addressed as Prabhu. So what's the problem? Prabhu, what does Prabhu mean? He's master. 
In any case, um, Mahaprabhu is on his way, and Sanatana Goswami says, perhaps, Prabhu, I don't think it's a good idea <laughs> that you go to Vrindavan with such a crowd. That's not the way to enter into Vrindavan. Now, this is interesting for us in the context of what we're speaking about, outreach in reach. Um, remember, yesterday we talked about Mahaprabhu's uh, dancing in Ratayatra, and this was a highly public situation. So we can say it was all about outreach. But what was going on inside Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? That is highlighted through many passages that he was internally having very intense uh, feelings of this exchange with Krishna in the form of Jagannath. Now he wants to go to Vrindavan, which is, now we're, this is about an internal kind of um, direction. But now this crowd wants to come with him, and Sanatana Swami says, don't do this. So Mahaprabhu says, actually you're right. And he abandons his plan to go. Because now he's, he's too public. He can't just tell everyone, go back, go back, I'm going home. They won't listen to it. <laughs> they want to come because he was very attractive person. I'm very inspired by him. So he said, all right. I'll go another time. He goes back to Puri. And now in Puri, he makes a plan to go to Vrindavan and to leave Puri secretly. And so he arranges with his inner circle of devotees. Let's go back to our circles for a moment. Bhattacharya indicates that he was a Brahmin, 
and uh, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was himself from a Brahmin background, although technically it takes sannyas to give up these designations. But still, he wanted to have a, a, a sattvic person with him, so this uh, devotee was chosen. And he had this Balabhadra also had his assistant. So it was actually, but he's never named. It's a little strange, but we don't hear his name. Krishna doesn't tell us his name. And we don't hear from the assistant at all. He's very (laughs) silent. So the three of them set out, and the plan is to go a different route, not to go the main. Normally, one would go north from Puri um, to Bengal, and one would follow the Ganga, which um, in in that part is called nowadays. It's called the Hooghly. <laughs> Um, it goes basically north-south, and then it, um, where it branches, it branches in, in, into Bangladesh, it becomes the Padma River, before that it's the Ganga, and it goes uh, west-northwest. So one would follow the Ganga, and then uh, when the Ganga and the Yamuna meet, Yamuna uh, at the Sangam, then one follows the Yamuna and eventually you get to Vrindavan. <clears throat> well, eventually Lord Chaitanya will uh, go to the meet the Ganga follow, but first he's going to go through uh, what is now the state of Jarkhand, and at that time was the Jarikanda forest or jungle. And apparently it was a quite wild place. I don't know how it is today, uh, but it was quite wild uh, with lots of animals, including tigers and elephants. And Krishnadas Kaviraj tells us that Lord Chaitanya would meet these animals and what would he do? Sometimes if a tiger was just lying there sleeping, he would kick the tiger, (laughs) wake him up, and say, Chant Hare Krishna. What are you doing sleeping? Wake up. Chant Hare Krishna. And he would wake up and start chanting Hare Krishna. (laughs) How does a tiger chant Hare Krishna? This is another thing which I wish someone had had a video camera (laughs) to record. Because it goes further than that, Krishnadas tells us. Well, he says that Balabhadra Bhattacharya was terrified. And he was just, ah, what is going on? Because Lord Chaitanya would 
welcome the animals and he would get them all chanting, not only chanting, also dancing. <laughs> elephants, imagine elephants dancing. Monkeys, birds were flying around, everyone singing and dancing. And the deer, and not only, so there's tigers. What is the natural enemy of a tiger? Rather the other way around. Natural enemy of the deer is the tiger. But according to Krishna Das Kaviraj, when Lord Chaitanya was present, they forgot about their animical uh, natures and they would just join together and dance and chant Hare Krishna. And he says, not only that, the tigers and the deer were kissing each other. <laughs> now, we're very modern, skeptical people. We don't believe this, do we? Well, Krishna says, don't be so sure of yourself. When Lord Chaitanya is present, everything is possible. But the point I want to make is, as Krishnadas is really making the point, is that uh, for, for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was already in Vrindavan. When he was going through Jarikanda forest, he was already, for him it was already Vrindavan. He's, all, he's anticipating Vrindavan and at the same time he's already in Vrindavan. So that when he actually arrives in Vrindavan, he's fully ready to be absorbed in what for him is a homecoming. This is, I think, what Krishna does, wants us to understand. Um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he has been, he has met uh, Ramananda Roy some years before this, and from him he has heard what is the highest uh, mood of devotion. And as he's hearing it, he himself is unfolding from within that mood, that mood of um, of the of the bhakta, generally speaking, and of the devotees of Vrindavan more specifically, and then but most specifically of Rad, Srimati Radha Rani. What is it? Radha Krishna Pranayalikir Ladini Shakti Rasma Ekatmanavati Muvi Pura Deha Vedam Katam. Chaitanya kyam prakadamaruna tattvayam chaikyamatam radha bhava duty subalitam naomi krishna swarupam. That radha and krishna are one, then they become two, then again they become one <laughs> as Lord Chaitanya. They combine. But when Lord Chaitanya goes to Vrindavan, 
he's in the mood of one of the two. He's in the mood of uh, of the gopi uh, in Vrindavan. And so, for him, it's like a homecoming. He's coming back home. But as soon as he arrives in Vrindavan, what happens? So many people there <laughs> are attracted to him. It's not just an empty um, jungle, although it's relatively little populated, still apparently there are a good number of people there. We don't know so much the exact history of what was happening in that area at that time. Um, it's, a com- it's complicated, um, historians tell us. But in any case, when he came, he was, he was very much welcomed, received. Um, and also, and so we have this, again, this uh, internal, external sort of uh, tension also in Vrindavan. Mm. And that is, I think, uh, especially expressed in this interesting story. Uh, Many of the people who were living in Vrindavan at that time were very simple people. And the rumor went around that Krishna has appeared in Vrindavan and he can be seen at night. There's um, a light on, um, on the Yamuna River at the, um, the place uh, Kaliya Daha, it's called, the place where Kaliya was subdued by Krishna in Krishna Lila. So they were saying, ah, oh, Krishna has appeared again, and he's again, maybe he's dancing on Kaliya, but all they would see is a light uh, in the night. It's all oh, Krishna is here. And so this rumor was going around. Everyone was saying, wow, oh, Krishna, let's go see him. Let's go see him. And uh, this rumor got around to Balabhadra Bhattacharya, he heard this and he got excited. He wanted to go and see also. And he asked Mahaprabhu, Prabhu, is it okay if I go? Everyone's saying Krishna's there. <laughs> and when he said that, Krishna Das tells us that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu slapped him. (laughs) Nonsense. This is not Krishna. It's just a fisherman with his lamp. (laughs) And, uh, but aside from that, here he is, uh, Malabhadra Bhattacharya, personal servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he is not aware of who is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
he's not aware. Krishnadas wants to highlight this, you know, irony that here's the Lord Himself, Swayam Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, in the form of His devotee. And a servant is saying, Oh, can I go and see Krishna? You. <laughs> and then some, uh, he says, some cultured gentlemen come. Uh, a few cultured, I don't know, maybe, forget it, it says maybe from Mathura, uh, to visit uh, this sadhu. The word has gone around this really amazing sadhu is here. So they went to see him and they they offered respects and they addressed him as as sannyasis were often addressed as Narayan. You are Narayan. You are the Supreme Personality of God. But that was another uh, irony. They're perfectly correct in identifying Mahaprabhu as Narayana, but their understanding of what they're saying is wrong. <laughs> they're thinking, yes, all sannyasis, they are Narayana, and you just take sannyas and you become Narayana. Um, so they had, they were saying the right thing, but understanding the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, maybe we should go up to this. Let's see. Just to read a little. Let's go back. So one thing that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu does in Vrindavan is discover Radha Kunda. 
Who's been to Radhakur and Shamakur? Who would like to go to Radhakur? <laughs> 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 Many of you have been and you want to go. Yeah. It's interesting. I was I was there in February and before that in um, last November. And uh, Govardhan, as those of you who've been there know, it's a quite long and narrow hill, not very high. And uh, on the south end, or near the south end, southwest, is a town, Jatipur. And Jatipur is, is very much the center for uh, the followers of Vallabhacharya. And Vallabhacharya was a contemporary of Lord Chaitanya. And Radha Kunda, Shyamakunda, they're on the north end of Govardhan. And Radha and Shyamakunda become the center for the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, most, if not all, of the six Goswamis lived there for some time. And it becomes a uh, yeah, place of the Gaudiyas. So two, two ends of the same hill. <laughs> anyway, here it's described, Aride Radha Kunda Varta Puche Lokasthane Ke Hanahi Kahe Kohe Shangya Brahmana Nachane. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked the local people, Where is Radha Kunda? No one could inform him, and the Brahmana accompanying him did not know either. So there was a local Brahmana that he met, and that local Brahmana was guiding, but he didn't know. Tirta Lukta Jani Prabhu Sharvaga Bhagavan Dui Tanno Ketri Alpa Jale Koilasnan. The Lord then understood that the holy place called Radha was no longer visible. However, being the omniscient Supreme Personality of Godhead, he discovered Radha and Shamakunda in two happy fields. There was only a little watcher, but he took his path there. Now, one of the sort of... Uh, Ongoing themes in very much of Chaitanya Charita is um, the importance of sacred places. Um, there's a lot of what could be called sacred geography in the Chaitanya Charita. And of course, it starts in uh, Navadip. Uh, with the Ganga and the bathing in the Ganga when Lord Chaitanya appears. Um, and then with Lord Chaitanya going to Puri. And there are places on the way between um, Navadvip and Puri which are also uh, important. Some years ago we did a, a Yatra. We started in Puri a group of devotees, and we went uh, from Puri 
to navigate, so going the opposite direction from Lord Chaitanya, but visiting places where he had visited uh, many, many temples and uh, special places along the way. And then Lord Chaitanya from Puri, what is, he goes south, and there's so many holy places there. Um, and what is he doing? Many times he's going inside temples. And what does he do in the temples? He chants and dances. <laughs> he sees the deity, he becomes very inspired, and he chants and dances. Not only Krishna temples, also Shiva temples. But the main temple where he spends most of his time is, of course, the Jagannath Temple in Puri. Um, most of uh, the last part of his life, every day he will go to the temple and he will have darshan and he will sing and dance and so many others that will chant and dance with him. All kinds of people. People uh, with uh, all kinds of philosophies. <laughs> he was was very non-sectarian, kind of a mood. So anyway, he comes to Vrindavan, and now Vrindavan is the penal, the ultimate holy place. And within Vrindavan. Uh, there is this one place which is lupta. Lupta means hidden or lost. And Lord Chaitanya rediscovers. He rediscovers. It's going to be several years before it's built out in the way that we see it today with all the nice stone steps. None of that was there. There was just a field rice field, paddy, uh, and a puddle. <laughs> and then eventually, Raghunath does go Swami, someone, uh, I think a merchant, um, uh, um, sponsors the um, excavation and construction of Raghunath So, um, then he takes his bath there. So this, this, this chapter, 18, and um, mostly 18, is just describing Lord Chaitanya visiting different places around Vrindavan and also deities, temples, Haridev Temple, and uh, the deity of um, Srinath, Srinathji, as he's now called by the Bhagavad all of us, um, it's said that this deity, by the Lord's arrangement, was brought down from the hill so he could take darshan. He didn't want to climb on the hill, so he so the deity came down on a pretext, and the pretext was there was uh, a threat of attack. Uh, this is. Um, this is, we're talking about early um, 16th century. Um, this is before Akbar, 
Akbar comes to power in 1545. Is it 45? I think so. He, he reigned for about 60 years. Had a very long name. Um, anyway, these are, you know, difficult times. And so sometimes there was threat, if not actual attack, um, um, from iconoclastic <laughs> persons of iconoclastic spirit. In other words, iconoclastic. Huh? This is this. Iconoclasm means uh, means uh, being fiercely against deities. There's iconophiles, those who love deities, and iconoclasts who want to destroy deities. So there's a long history of this. Anyway, Lord Chaitanya uh, is seeing these deities, and that's mentioned many, several times in this section. But there's something else going on in this section, and that is because Mahaprabhu has come home, he's, as I, I said, it's very intense for him. This is what he always wanted to do, come to Vrindavan. Leave this mundane world and just go to Vrindavan. Now he's in Vrindavan, and what happens? What happens? Sometimes he's so overwhelmed with intense emotions, he runs and dives into the Yamuna River, and he just stays underwater. He forgets about. Oh, I have to breathe. <laughs> you know, he just he just dives in the water, remembering that Krishna used to play in the Yamuna as a child. He dives in the Yamuna. And then Balabhadra Bhattacharya comes after him, drags him out of the water and dries him off. And, and this is happening one day after another. And at one point, Balabhadra says, Prabhu, please, it's too much. <laughs> I can't take it. If you're going to be like this, we cannot stay here in Vrindavan. It's too dangerous for you. <laughs> so, my humble request is that we leave Vrindavan. And Krishnadas Kaviraj tells us that's for, uh, for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is uh, the will of his devotee. And because his mood is to serve his devotees and to please him. He says, yes, if you wish that we leave, then we must leave. All he wanted to do was come to Vrindavan. He's come to Vrindavan, and now he's 
toured Vrindavan, he's discovered Radha But now, after only two months, it's time to leave and he will not return. And so, his aspiration, as uh, Keshava Maharaj calls his aspiration, was it fulfilled? Is there such a thing as an end to say, okay, now I've had enough? It doesn't seem so. Because he will go back to Puri, and in Puri, the last 12 years of his life, he's going to express his longing for Vrindavan for 12 years. He's going to be just remembering and being reminded of Vrindavan. But meanwhile, uh, and I'll just say a few words more in this, this uh, section 8, this is chapters 19 through 25. I mentioned yesterday these are teachings of Mahaprabhu, first to Srila Rupa Goswami, uh, whom he meets uh, in Prayag, now it's, that city has now been, it was Amnavat for however many years, and now they've kind of returned uh, back to the old name, Prayag. Actually, they call it Prayag Raj now, I believe. Has a long, the, the city has an extremely long history. It's like Varanasi. Varanasi is sometimes called the oldest city in the world. Um, that um, it was there before the universe. <laughs> anyway, then Prayat. So he, so he follows the Amana, He comes to the Sangha tree veni, um, and there at Prayag he meets Rupa Goswami. Rupa Goswami is on his way to Vrindavan. So they're going in opposite directions. Why is Rupa going to Vrindavan? Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had met him in Ramakali together with Sanatana Goswami uh, and had requested, please go to Vrindavan and just settle there and reveal the holy places of Vrindavan and write, write Shastra, write uh, to explain what is Krishna Bhakti all about? Which is what he does, and which is what Sanatana Goswami will do, and what Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami is doing in these chapters, he's very much summarizing what the teachings are, uh, which Rupa will then elaborate in his writings in Sanskrit, and Sanatana Goswami will elaborate in his writings in Sanskrit. Remember, Krishnadas is writing in Bengali. He's writing for Bengalis, 
very few of whom would have been able to read Sanskrit. So these uh, chapters, just one chapter, 19, is uh, instructions to Rupa Goswami, and then 20 through 25, well, yeah, 20 through 24, are to Sanatana Goswami. Why would Keshava Maharaj call this section organization? Any ideas? Maybe organizes his devotees to spread the science in that sense. Yeah, it's it's uh, he's he's organizing a mission, and he's specifically organizing it through uh, these um, Goswamis, first Sanatan and Rupa Goswami, who were brothers, and then. Gopal Bhatta Goswami, Raghunath Das Goswami, Raghunath Bhatta Goswami, Jiva Goswami. Before these six, he had sent Lokanath Swami, Lokanath uh, Goswami to Vrindavan. Um, so yeah, organizing in that way, but also organizing in the sense of teaching a very systematic uh, what what could be called a theology a systematic theology he's teaching them uh, why do we worship Krishna first of all he's teaching Rupa Goswami why practice spiritual life why why should we uh, take up what is spiritual life and why should we do it? Um, because human form of life is special opportunity uh, to rise above the animal, the animal platform. And then to Sanatana Goswami, who begins his um, lessons with a question, which uh, our Srila Prabhupada many times would refer to. Um, what was Sanatana Goswami's question to Lord Chaitanya? Yes, who, who am I? Ke ami, kene ami, amai jare tapatroi. Who am I and what is the reason that I'm suffering the threefold miseries. So he came with a very humble question, despite being highly placed, apparently, in the government previously, of uh, Hussein Shah. So that's, that's the beginning point, and then he goes from there through the chapters in a very elaborate, systematic way. But my point here is Krishnadas is just giving us a summary. And if we want the full teaching, then we go to the teachings of the Goswamis themselves, 
Rupa Goswami is Bhakti Rasamrita to send the first of all. Um, and he wrote other works, but that's the most important for us. Sanatana Goswami, what did he write? Hari Bhakti Vilasa, yes. Well, this is Hari Bhakti Vilasa, yeah. He also wrote the Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Brihad Bhagavatamrita is uh, in the form of a kind of novel. <laughs> Story, two stories, as part one, part two. Um, and uh, what else did he write? Stavamala, no, Stavamala, Rupa Swami, Sri Krishna, oh, I'm forgetting the names. Anyway, they, they wrote many, many works. Rupa Goswami wrote three dramas, Sanskrit dramas. So, um, okay, so the geography again. Now, Sanatana Goswami, Lord Chaitanya meets where? In Varanasi, also on the Ganga. So, Lord Chaitanya is going back to Bengal, back to Puri. Sanatana Goswami, who he wouldn't like to go with Rupa Goswami, but he was detained. Um, we are told he was put in prison <laughs> by, uh, by, the, by the king. And then he had to bribe the, the, the jailkeeper <laughs> to get out. So I always like to say this shows that in certain circumstances, bribery is bona fide. <laughs> Bona fide Vaishnava behavior. <laughs> so he's delayed, uh, and so they meet in Varanasi. And that is where Lord Chaitanya meets uh, the uh, uh, Prakashananda and his associates, and they have some discussion. And that was going to lead me, let's see if I can do it sort of quickly. Uh, find this. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Put that away. Bring this out. We started talking about this yesterday. So this is my abstract diagram to show one way of seeing different relationships in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Yesterday we talked about the inner circle here and then this initial outer circle. Um, the inner circle is Lord Chaitanya and his immediate associates, his friends, his servants, his um, followers. 
And then uh, from the different other Vaishnava sampradayas he would interact with. And then the next ring here is representing what I call other Brahmanical traditions. And specifically an example of this is Lord Chaitanya meeting with Prakashananda Saraswati and his uh, his friends, his associates, the, um, these sannyasis and varnasi. And what is this meeting about? Well, it's about um, another theme which I mentioned was it yesterday or the day before is uh, the theme of the Digvijaya, the conquering of the directions. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, wherever he goes, he's meeting various opposition uh, persons with different ideas, different philosophies, different theologies. And he's is, uh, one way or another he is prevailing over them sometimes just with his charm sometimes with his words sometimes with a combination um, but in the case of Prakashananda it's a combination it's his uh, effulgence which initially attracts Prakashananda's Sarsati uh, but then it's his uh, amazingly sublimely simple and straightforward interpretation of the Brahma Sutra or also known as Vedanta Sutra uh, which is again described by Krishna as Kaviraj in an extremely simple condensed sort of way not I have to say what would be called rigorous um, philosophical analysis. It's quite simple. It's just enough for his audience, Bengalis in Bengal, to understand what is the difference between uh, the Mayavadi and uh, the Vaishnava. The Mayavadi um, or the followers of the followers of the followers of Shankaracharya <laughs> argue uh, a, a kind of absolute monism that ultimate reality is one and only one and all that we experience including our own individuality in this world is illusion that's illusionism uh, and Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is arguing vigorously and philosophically against that idea in order to defend the principle of bhakti which is that we are real Krishna is real and the process of serving Krishna with whatever we have is real and because it's real we can establish a real relationship with the Lord which is 
um, eternal. So that's really what the whole Chaitanya Charitamrita is about theologically and philosophically. Uh, and episode like this is one example of how the uh, the Lord, Lord Chaitanya encounters this Brahmanical tradition which is kind of further away from the core, the center of his, uh, his, his life, his culture. And as you see, these rings, we can talk about these more yeah, tomorrow, uh, the next ring out. Uh, I've identified with three different groups, the Shaktas, the Buddhists, and the Tribals. Uh, because they're all referred to as Pashandi by Chaitanya, by Krishna Das Kairan. And then the next group, further out, further away, are Muslims. And there's a reference a few times in Chaitanya Chaitanya, different encounters. And then the outermost uh, ring I've identified as consisting of animals, plants, objects, and substances. And we've just um, talked about animals in Jarikand. And what's interesting there is, although animals are so distant in terms of, you know, culture or anything like Gaudiya Vaishnavism, um, still, even then, Krishna Das tells us they were singing and dancing and chanting Hare Krishna. So that's the idea also of these arrows. It's Lord Chaitanya, he's reaching out and he's connecting uh, with all these different groups. And in some respects, he's bringing them in to the center. So it's a dynamic uh, sort of phenomenon. Good. I think we can stop there for now. Hare Krishna. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Outwards and in reach of uh, Lord Chaitanya, I would like to ask how I could apply to my own devotional life this outreach, but also the in reach. Ah, the in reach. Keep reading Chaitanya Chaitanya. Something about your personal experience at holy places like Vrindavan, 
what you felt there and how, how was your experience there? Uh, he's asking about my experiences in holy places like Vrindavan. I first went to Vrindavan in 1978. India as a whole was quite different from how it is now. There were no mobile phones. <laughs> if you wanted to if you wanted to make a phone call, it was a major action. You had to go uh, into downtown Rindab if you wanted to make a long distance call. You had to book the call. <laughs> And if you were lucky, you got a connection. <laughs> um, the only cars were ambassadors, yellow, these yellow ambassador cars, which are built like, like a tank. They're really solid. And uh, the taxis in Kolkata are still those... Um, Ambassador cars designed in 1953. That's that's a long time ago. <laughs> They still use the same design. <clears throat> um, I mean, yeah. What can I say about? Vrindavan has been changing a lot. Uh, there are some wonderful temples in Vrindavan. One of my favorites is, uh, is the Radharaman temple. And I've written a chapter in my book, Attending Krishna's Image. Uh, the chapter two is about uh, the Radharaman temple. I spent four months just researching that temple, living, living next to the temple, going to going there every day, meeting with the priests, getting to know, <clears throat> getting to know their their culture. Prabhupada would say there are 5,000 temples in Vrindavan. <laughs> um, I guess if you count if you count all the home temples, now there's probably more than 5,000 because there's so many. <laughs> How many people live there now? <laughs> Yes, and Vrindavan, so um, Mayapur, the same year, uh, 78, we went to Vrindavan, then to Mayapur. And uh, Mayapur was called Sri <coughs> Mayapur Navadhi. Um, there were, at that time, um, there were three buildings. 
there was what they called the long building. And they used to say, this is the longest building in Bengal. <laughs> and then there was the Lotus Building, uh, where Shri Prabhupada stayed. And there was Shri uh, Prabhupada's Bhajan Kutir, this um, bamboo, very simple thatched roof hut, which is still there, it's of course been rebuilt and so on. Now the, the Bhajan Kutir is right, right next to uh, the TOVP, which, you know, there's, there's the Bhajan Kutir and then there's the TOVP, it's just a monstrous building next to it. But now it's all become very populated. Before it was just rice fields, everywhere just rice fields. It was beautiful. Yeah. Right. That's a couple of thoughts. <laughs> I think our translators had enough today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, thank you all. Shiva Prabhupada Ki Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Shri Krishna Das Kavira Nasko Swami Ki Jai.